On this episode of the Redmond Report, we talk about Windows 10 sales figures, Surface Pro 4, and a whole bunch about CityMan and TalkMan. This is the Redmond Report. This is the Redmond Report. Today is August 7th, 2015, and we've got a lot to talk about. It's been a busy week for Microsoft yet again. Uh, Another in launch season, or I should say post-launch season. And they've got a lot going on. They've got a new quarter. They've got a lot to do to make analysts happy. They've got a lot to do to make internal figures happy. And so everything's just moving at a really quick pace. And so kind of looking back at Windows 10 from last week, um, Microsoft announced that they pushed out 14 million installs. And then we were able to scoop up that they were actually closer to 18.5 million by the end of the weekend. And I'm actually back and I have another figure for you. So Windows 10, um, I've got a couple kind of conflicting reports here and they're not too far off, um, is that Windows 10 is installed on over 25 million devices. Yeah, 25. And I've actually heard that it may be as high as 27 million as well. So just kind of keep that in mind that Windows 10 is off to a flying start and Microsoft, I hope, is actually happy about this. 25 million to 27 million um, after a little over a week. That's pretty good. That's that's really good. But the one thing you have to keep in mind here, and I've seen this happen a couple times already, is that people are saying, okay, this is great. Let's look at Windows 8 and let's look at Windows 7 figures. And it's blowing it out of the water. Um, If it was doing anything other than blowing these figures out of the water, I would be very, very concerned reason being is that the other operating systems they were not free so it, it, you can't compare these two figures to each other they look great um, it, it sounds like a great idea you just look at these plain vanilla and say okay Windows 8 had 4 million after the first week and Windows 10 has 10 million more but Microsoft isn't making money on those um, now we do not know if that's including OEM so I could be incorrect there and in saying that they're not making any money if they're including those, then yes, they are making some revenue. Um, but from my understanding that this is mostly uh, just installs through people who had registered. So if you see somebody comparing these figures, um, just do a gut check. You can't. These Windows 10 is primarily free for a lot of these early adopters. And so the uh, it just doesn't really work that way. So keep that in mind because that is kind of a big deal. And I've seen people confuse this stuff. But yeah, around 25 million up to 27 million um, after about a week or so, that's not too shabby. Microsoft should be pretty happy with that, especially because these are people who are going into the store more than likely and getting apps. And they're if they're updating, hopefully from Windows 7, these are new people coming to the App Store for the first time. So... This is a big deal. 25 million new people, you know, perusing the store. I'd, be, I'd love to know what the app numbers are, what they're seeing on that side. I would imagine the Cortana telemetry. I want to poke those guys and see if they'll tell me anything <clears throat> and say, I mean, what are they seeing? Um, is Cortana being picked up pretty quickly? Uh, you know, are people using it? I would imagine that they are to some degree because people, hopefully, they're they're turning it on and, and doing all that stuff because there's been some. There's been some bad articles out there who fear-mongering type stuff um, saying that Microsoft is you know, browsing everything, stealing everything. They're, they're monitoring you. And th- this is the reality of it, right? If you're using Siri or if you're using Google Now, then it's the same thing. If you want 
to take the advantage of what Windows 10 offers. You, you have to give to get um, in this scenario because Microsoft needs to process that stuff. You can't do it all locally. And so what they're doing is they're just passing the data through. And fortunately, uh, Microsoft is not primarily advertising-driven, although there is some concern that they're selling the information to advertisers. But this is a, a kind of side effect of the real world these days. Google has pushed on to us the, the adoption that everything should be advertisement-driven, everything should be free. And while it's free to us, the companies need money to survive. And so that's where the advertisement comes in. And Google, that's their primary revenue driver is advertisement. Microsoft, not so much. But that's where this EULA, the end user licensing agreement stuff comes from. And that's why people are getting kind of tossed up about it. But just like every other, other privacy concern, um, I, I really think this is going to blow over. And for the most part, um, and I do have a slightly biased opinion here, I would trust my data more so with Microsoft than I would say with Google. Um, Apple, same as well, although I would be concerned about potentially Apple's ability to protect data. Um, we haven't really seen too much about them being attacked. Microsoft gets attacked all the time. So take it for what it's worth. They have more expertise in that area, and, and we'll see if Apple ever becomes a victim of breach and security. But yeah, so if you're using Google now, using Cortana is no different. Uh, if you're using Siri, using Cortana is no different. It's just, it's the reality of the world that we live in and the the side effect of going to an always-on environment. Windows and the internet or any device now is always connected to the internet. And that's just how it works. And if you're not comfortable with that, then you really need to think about what you're doing online. Because if you're using Facebook, Facebook is volunta you voluntarily, or same with Twitter, giving information to the internet. Um, so I don't know. But those are the, the, the posts that are going out. And is that my dog barking? Because somebody's at the door. Let me go check to see if that's FedEx, because they're jerks about it. All right, cool. Package one of three arrived, but not the one that I have to sign for. So go figure. But um, yeah, Surface Phone. So there's got some good stuff coming off on phone here in a little bit. So Microsoft also did some other fun things with Windows 10 this week. They pushed out the first cumulative update. So what is the cumulative update? That is the first kind of release of Windows 10 updates that the company's saying are not security patches. And they're saying they're enhancements to the OS, but um, yeah. So there was some confusion that people thought it was gonna be called Service Release 1, or what else it was gonna be called. But they went with the name Cumulative Update, and I suspect we are gonna see these things more often, and they should be coming out hopefully with some sort of frequency. And I believe this is part of the Windows as a Service model. Whew, a little out of breath. I ran to the front door as fast as I could. And so Windows 10 has this Cumulative Update, and you can download it now. Um, I believe it was around 380 megs of bits you gotta get on your machine, so it's not exactly a small update. And what this means is that Microsoft on the back end, they're still hammering away. Yeah, we've launched and RTM is out there, but they're not stopping with the updates. And so hopefully, if you had any issues, I couldn't really find out what all was new in this update. Um, it would be kind of nice if somebody just commented that it wouldn't be nice if Microsoft actually gave out these figures, but they're not for Windows 10 installs. 
Um, but I don't believe, I don't know when they're going to do that. It's a really good question, and I hope that they do it soon. But anywho, um, so this cumulative update is out. You should install it now. I had no issues. I didn't see any widespread issues of what's going on. The one feature I did see people reporting that is new, I haven't verified this myself, is that the Windows startup sound is back. When you turn on your machine, you're, you, know, you get that little chime, the same one that was with Windows 7 or 8. And so that's there. There you go. That could be one of the new features, but most of it, from what I understood, is that it's more of back-end servicing um, to make sure things are more reliable, just more polished to the OS. And I would expect that the company is going to be doing this relatively frequently, um, <clears throat> you know, ahead of Threshold 2. And going back to something I had mentioned previously, I mentioned that Threshold 2 update was going to be mostly about stability. I think I had my wires crossed and they were talking more, my source was talking more about this update than Threshold 2, because there are some features coming in Threshold 2, but beside the point. So yeah, make sure you download that update on all of your machines, and you'll get a better Windows 10 experience. So that's cool stuff coming from Microsoft. Um, Microsoft also had Gamescom this week, Gamescom. And admittedly, when I saw that they had another gaming conference, because E3 was not all that long ago, I'm like, man, what, what can they talk about? There can't be that much. But I Microsoft proved me wrong, and they had plenty to talk about. And one of the coolest things that was announced there was the Xbox DVR. And so what this will allow you to do is record over-the-air content to your Xbox. So for people who are cord cutters, and I think this is a really, really important point here, people who are cord cutters can get a very cheap DVR now, a DVR setup. Um, they can just go buy an Xbox One and record over-the-air content and through Xbox Live, which they could pay, if you get correctly, and I believe, to get the, all the... Um, um, the guide features, you have to be subscribed to Xbox Live, but I'm not positive on that. But you can get an Xbox Live subscription for around 30 bucks for the year. But this will allow cord cutters to use the Xbox One as a DVR, and then they can stream it to Windows 10 devices, whatever they record. And so I don't think a lot of people picked up on how big of a deal this will be, because a lot of the reasons people only keep cable subscriptions is they like the DVR functionality. And it's prior to this, it was kind of a pain in the butt, to get an all-in-one solution that just did what Microsoft, what the console is going to do here. So I'll be curious to see, and I think they said it's coming in 2016, which is kind of a, like a womp, 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 like, oh, come on, guys, get it out quicker than that. But the, yeah, the DVR functionality, I think it's going to be a big selling point for a certain demographic. These consoles are getting down into the $300 range. And when you cut your cord, you're, most people are paying around $70 to $100 a month. So you get three months worth of you know content or whatever payments to the cable company. You go buy an Xbox One. You get an instant DVR that has lots of functionality. And it's I think it's really cool. I'm happy to see that they are focusing more on games, even though this is not necessarily a gaming announcement. But at Gamescom, they had tons and tons of good game stuff for those people. Um, Quantum Break looks really cool, although it's been one of those things that has been promised for a very, very long time. is finally coming. But Xbox DVR, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I hope that they get some better and better cahoots with the cable card companies, and so they can actually do um, cable DVR-type functionality. But I don't believe that they announced that that's possible yet mostly because it's encrypted stuff that comes through or comes to your box and gets decoded. And not to mention, gosh, if they did, I could get rid of two DVRs in my house, which would be fantastic. So, yeah, Microsoft, figure out how to get this stuff with uh, the cable card, because I didn't even think about that. I could save myself. I'd pay an outrageous fee to the 
Phi Optics that I have in my house, like 12 bucks a month for um, DVR functionality. But anywho, that is coming with a future update. And the other thing that's coming to Windows or the Xbox here that's really cool that they announced is Windows 10 will be on the Xbox One in November. I believe they said they will start the preview in September, which is, I'm guessing, probably around the end of it. So that's actually going to help boost Microsoft's numbers, devices running Windows 10. Obviously, there's not tons of consoles out there compared to PCs, but this is literally going to put a PC in everybody's living room um, for where they have it, although mine is technically in my office, whatever. So I think that's going to be a big thing for people. Um, I think that's going to be another big selling point for the Xbox One, not to mention the streaming stuff is fantastic. You can stream games from your Xbox One to and any Windows 10 device. You can stream any recorded content in the near future to any Windows 10 device. Microsoft has just built a, a really cool, freaking sweet media streamer that does it both ways. You can stream to the Xbox and you can stream to your device. It goes both ways, or you can put it on your TV. And this is all from a $300 box. That's not a bad deal. And so I think, I think they had the right idea when they pitched Windows 10 or the Xbox One as a media console um, when they first announced it. The problem was that all the functionality that they wanted wasn't there and they pitched TV too much which the millennial generation has shown that they're not really big TV watchers so that was kind of a mistake. But I really think they're finally um, honing in on this strategy and I think it's going to be big dividends to people who actually have an Xbox One. So that's coming too. And what else happened this week in the world of Microsoft? Gosh, we're flying through stuff, but I've got some really good information coming up here soon. So open sourcing of iOS to bring apps to Windows. iOS apps to Windows. This is this is a really cool project. So Microsoft initially showed this off at Build, and I believe Candy Crush uh, may have been the first app that they, they used this porting of. And what it is, Microsoft calls it a bridge, uh, what do they call it, a bridge to iOS or bridge to Windows for iOS developers. Um, what it does is it allows you to take your iOS app, run it through this recompiler, and then it kicks out code that can run close to on a Windows machine. Or, yeah, Windows Bridge for iOS is the proper name of it, as it said in the chat room. Thank you. And so what it does is allow you to take your iOS app and get it onto Windows. And it's I haven't heard from any developers yet how easy that process is and obviously this is the first release of Microsoft is open sourcing we'll talk more about that in a minute but it's a it's a really cool idea that I think they're going to execute well upon and the idea is that you can leverage the code you've already written and which makes sense right if you already have an app on another platform if Microsoft can make you reuse that same code um, why not so that's what bridge the bridge will do and there's also one for Android although it's still private um, invites are going out and they said everybody who's on the waiting list should be approved by the end of uh, August, I believe. But this bridge to iOS is now public. Anybody can go out and play around with it. And Microsoft got some bad feedback from some hardcore iOS devs saying they didn't do things properly. But it was ridiculous banter at the end of the day because building this type of a compiler is not something that's like, oh, I'm going to go build a Twitter app. Like This is pretty hardcore stuff, and they've been working on it for a very long time. And the reason why they're going open source is, is uh, a couple reasons here. First... What do they have to lose by going open source? I mean, there's nobody else out there gonna. You can't like take this and say, okay, I'm gonna port my iOS app to Android with this tool. Like it would, it doesn't make sense to try to re. You can't. So, 
from that perspective, there's there's nothing they can lose, and there's nobody can like steal this tool and go use it or, or modify it to do something that they want at want. And so at the same time, they also get thousands upon developers looking at this content, uh, this code and whatnot, and figuring out how they can help improve it. So they get free feedback from that perspective. And two, it's just kind of a neat project that I think a lot of people might take interest in, especially developers who are saying, okay, well, Brad just said that there's 25 million devices running Windows 10, and it's only been out a week, and they're trying for a billion in a year. Heck, maybe I should try to get stuff over there. And says, oh, look, I can try to just port my stuff now and run with it. And then you'll be able to do the same with Android here very soon for anybody um, who's not in the program. And so it's a really powerful play for what Microsoft is doing. And they, it was done, don't get me wrong, this was done completely out of necessity. They were still worried because of many, many reasons, and his history has proven that they can't just walk into a room and have developers flock to them. And so they're still worried that Windows 10 is not going to get the app traction that they need, but this type of tooling is going to be very, very, very helpful uh, in helping them trying to reach their numbers. So that is out. You can find it on Neowin, or you can really, to be honest, find it anywhere on the web to search um, Windows Bridge to iOS, and you'll be able to find the GitHub page that allows you to download it. And so other things that Microsoft has done this week is they put a bunch of apps out, um, updates that now run on Apple's watch, and people are freaking out again, saying, why is Microsoft giving preference to the Apple watch? Um, it's because Microsoft wants their stuff on any screen you look at. That's that's the best way to describe what Microsoft is doing. And if you have, if an Apple Watch is proving to be popular, they're going to make sure their apps run on it. They don't really care about anything else right now. They want eyeballs on their apps. And that's the best way they can do it is to be a front runner. And that's why they're pushing all this stuff out. And that, the funny thing is, is Microsoft is doing it better than Apple. So their Outlook app that can go on your watch allows you to respond to email. Apple's current iteration does not allow you to do this. So Microsoft is actually Investing what Apple has already done. And from that perspective, it's pretty cool, right? This third-party company, Microsoft, well, thinking of Microsoft as third-party sounds kind of weird, but Microsoft is doing things faster than Apple is. And it's mostly because the way Apple, I believe, built their watch uh, and their environment, right? You, I don't think you can download an update to the mail app from the App Store. You have to download a new OS. Whereas Microsoft is in the app world, um, and they can update frequently. They can update every day if they want. Apple cannot do that. Microsoft has fortunately adopted the same model for Windows 10, so they can update these auxiliary components. But yeah, so Apple is is doing all this stuff, and they'll have an you know an update out this fall that I'm sure will bring this functionality. But if Microsoft can beat them to it, they stand a chance to get more market share, uh, more eyeballs, you know, all sorts of good stuff. So. Going to jump into kind of the more fun stuff. Um, let me pull them up here. Fortunately, I cannot share them yet because I don't want to get people fired. Um, speaking of which, getting people fired. So there was a leak this week of, I believe, the Talkman phone, um, which is the smaller of the phones. I believe it's 5.2. I'm not looking at the specs right now. 5.2 inch phone. And it came from China. And Per my friends over in China, the guy that leaked that phone uh, will, will no longer be leaking any phones. Um, I believe he was terminated um, rather quickly because the case that he used is kind of a unique identifier and he didn't do a very good job of blocking out the QR codes that were on the back and all sorts of other things that 
you should do that if you're going to leak an image. If you're ever going to leak an image, if any of you are working for Microsoft, do not do it on Twitter like that. Um, <laughs> send me a message and I'll I'll help you out. But yeah, this guy just posted the stuff on um, a social media account, I believe, in China, and yeah, he didn't do a very good job of hiding what's relevant. But anyways. So what I am looking at on my screen right now is I have images of City Man and Talk Man. I, have the, I do not have the actual phones, but I am looking at the devices right now. And so I'm going to try to talk through some of the things here that may not be too obvious to people. Um, I will say that the renders that Windows Central had of um, the phone was pretty accurate. I believe that was the Talk Man phone. Um, and the, the phone that did leak out of China was very much the real deal. Now, what Microsoft does is they do not, they put engineering cases on this stuff and not the final finish. And so let's just start with the Talkman, which I believe is the 5.2 inch phone. And so, yes, it does have a camera hump on the back. It appears that it has at least two LEDs, potentially three LEDs, um, for foot taking photos. It's got, it's kind of smaller than, it's actually a lot smaller than the the hump on the back of what was that the lumia or the 1020 so somebody asking square corners no it, it's rounded corners so i'm looking at two phones here like that you can look at now the lumia 640 and the lumia icon or 929 i would consider the 929 having square corners and i would consider the 640 having rounded edges and the phones look, both of them look much more like the 640 than the Icon. Um, much less squared off than even like the 830. So think, keep in mind that the, the way to think about these phones is the Talkman might be more like the 640 and the Cityman is more of like the uh, 640 XL. Um, that's, they look very much like they're positioned that same way. They definitely both have, or at least appear to have virtual keys. I do not see any physical keys along the bottom or um, even like the little, I don't know what you may call them, like overlays of where the capacitive keys would be. I do not see those. So the Talkman has a very interesting arrangement of buttons. So starting on, let's see, it'll be on, I'm trying to the phone turn. On the right side of the phone are the volume up, volume down power, and there is a camera button. But the way it's arranged is you have volume up, then it looks like there's a power button, and then you have volume down. The power button is in the middle of these, in the middle of these buttons. I don't know why. And I can't imagine that's the camera button because that would be even worse. So that's going to be interesting to see if people have a lot of trouble where they're hitting that power button by accident when they think they're hitting volume down. I'm not a big, big fan of this. And looking at it, I, I suspect this is going to be an issue. Um, but there's not too much on the back of the device. It does not say Microsoft. It does not say Nokia, obviously. It does not say Windows. It does not... Uh, no, I did not get to hold the devices. I'm, I'm legitimately just looking at them, images of them. And so on the back of the device, it appears to be a Windows logo, um, kind of shiny things, like shiny, I don't know. I don't know if it's Chrome, or, but it's whatever. Um, the device is definitely made of polycarbonate. Um, they look, they appear to be matte as well, both phones. So they appear to be matte. I'm trying to figure out. Um, and then it looks like the city or the Talkman, the smaller of the devices will come in blue, white, and black. And the black is looking kind of more like a charcoal ish other than like a jet black. 
and the white, um, I'm sure it's very, very similar to the Lumia 640XL. And the blue, it's kind of hard to tell here holding it up. Um, I can't, it's so hard to tell. I'm holding up the 640 next to it, which is blue. I mean, it looks more of like the cyan blue-ish, but that's kind of hard to tell. Um, but it's definitely like Lumia blue. Um, it looks like, it's hard to tell. Because I believe it's actually the Microsoft icon. I think I might have said Windows icon. But the more I look at it, I think it's just the Microsoft icon. But it's hard to tell because they're at an angle. Uh, yeah, so somebody noted they seem to be similar but different here, which is kind of the case. I mean, they the internal specs are very, very similar. Three gigs of RAM. They have similar Snapdragon. Um, I believe it's the same screen resolution. I believe that um, the cameras are roughly the same. But... Let's see, anything else about the Talkman before I go to the Cityman, which is a little bit different on the back. So the Talkman, let's see, there's uh, one, two, three, four, five holes at the top and five holes at the bottom. I can't tell if you can pop the uh, back cover off. I'm guessing it's like the 640 where you can, but I, I can't definitively see, I mean, because you can't really tell by looking at the 640 until you touch it, that you can pop the back off. Um, I believe it does have wireless charging. I believe it has QI. It does look like on the front, it's hard to tell, but it does look like there is an iris scanner. Um, so yeah, so it looks like there could be potentially be an SD card slot, hopefully potentially removable batteries. But again, these are just images. I don't have the actual devices, so I can't tell you if you can pop that back off or not. Um, yeah, so let's move over to the city map, which is, I believe, a... No, there's no size references in the images, um, which I believe is a 5.7 inch device. Now, the biggest difference than this too is this phone does not look like it has, if it does, it's not very large, does not look like it has a very large camera bump on the back. Um, the lens is surrounded by uh, what it almost looks like an aluminum like ring series. Like imagine, imagine you have a washer, uh, like a washer that goes like on a screw or bolt or whatever. And then it's like it's grooved all the way into the lens. So I'm trying to think if there's anything else like if you could, if you took a nickel and just punched out a lens spot, and then around the the edge of the nickel it's just it's just grooved all the way out. Um, looks like if you run your finger over it would be bumpy. Um, it looks nice. It it looks nice. I actually think it looks better than the Talkman's just black bezel camera housing. Um, so yeah, so it has this nice little silver ring around it, and it definitely has um, three flashes on it, which I'm guessing are, you know, to help with the color and all that stuff. And on the back, again, it shows <clears throat> um, the Microsoft logo. It says PureView on it, you know, for that stuff. And then there's there's a speaker grill. And the big difference I'm noticing here between the Cityman and Talkman is the Talkman has these holes at the top and bottom, and the Cityman does not appear to have these holes. And I'm thinking that maybe, and I don't know why they would do this, but maybe the holes on the back of the Talkman are for helping to get stereoscopic recording better, to have that left and right channel, but I don't definitely do not see that on the back of the Cityman, although there is a small hole at the top. But again, it does look like it has an iris scanner. It's hard to tell if it's a proximity, but it um, I don't think it is because it looks like there's three spots. Um, so we will see. 
So we will see what happens here. And then the nice thing about the larger phone, the City Man, is the button arrangement is much more typical Microsoft. It's, it, it mirrors exactly what is on the Lumia icon. It mirrors what is exactly on the Lumia 830. And what is this, the 730 or 735 or whatever phone I have here? Oh, no, it's not exactly the same as the 735 because it does have a dedicated camera button. So it's you have volume up, volume down, which is just one long rocker button. They're not separated. And then you know, a little bit down below that, you have the power button. And then pretty far below that, you actually have the, what should we call it, the camera button. So I'm a bit mixed on these devices. Um, they're definitely going to be flagship type. Um, as previously noted, I think we're going to hear something in probably September about them. They might arrive in October. But September, October, that's when these guys are definitely coming. Um, pretty pretty confident on that stuff actually really confident on that so keep in mind these phones will be coming i have no idea on the pricing or carrier availability but i would imagine at least at&t um, is generally where they end up on the u.s and whatever your local carrier is where you typically see microsoft phones first oh the front of the phone does say microsoft right under the earpiece um, you know typical that but that's it i don't there's no other carrier branding i see on these devices so I wish they were metal is the biggest takeaway. Um, I wish they were just, I wish they took the 830 shell, that metal shell with a, you know, the, the interchangeable cover on the back and took that model. But sadly they did not. Um, they look, like I said, more like the 640 because the, the 830 is just a really good feeling phone, but that's not the route they went. And that's a little bit saddening because it's, they're all, you can call it polycarbonate, but it's plastic at the end of the day. It's a nice feeling plastic, but um, I mean, it's plastic. And so I wish we would have had an 830. And kind of leads me to other things we've been hearing. I've been hearing rumors of like a Surface phone. Um, I don't really have much on it. Most people believe that it will run Intel x86 uh, on it. They don't think it'll be ARM, but I, I mean, these will be nice flagships, don't get me wrong, but unless they cost now this is the, I guess a big caveat if they come in at a hundred bucks um, for a flagship yeah then that makes complete sense but if you're going to be putting this phone up against let's say uh, you know an iPhone 6 or 6 plus or whatever around that time or 6s whatever the hell comes out from Apple or Samsung's premier note series especially for the city man that have nice metal casings they're gonna feel inferior I, I guarantee it so unless they're going for the price differentiation, which they very well meet, might. Um, I don't know. I'm a little. I just wish they were not plastic. I wish that they were proper metal. And as people are chatting in the comments, um, as, as Cam says, they need an 830 refresh with flagship hardware. I completely agree. I love the size of the 830. The 830 is a fantastic device. I think it's minus the specs, which are a little bit lower. Um, I think it's probably the best phone they've ever built. It's nice and thin. It's It's got a good heft to it. It feels great. But, I mean, it was a mid-tier phone when it came out, so now it's kind of low-end and it's showing its age. So if they come out with like an 850 or whatever that's more premium, then that would be fantastic. But here we are looking at flagship Windows phones that are yet again made of plastic. So that's, that's a little bit unfortunate. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I can see on here that is worth passing along. Uh, the City Man phone, by the way, I do not see a blue one. I only see white and kind of charcoal blackish, grayish color. Uh, the same same color that's on City Man Talk might appear to be both the same. But yeah, again, virtual buttons. Obviously, most people think that's because of the Android emulation that's coming with Windows 10 that they don't want hardware buttons. So let's see what uh, I'll be curious to see how good the cameras are. That's kind of where Nokia made its name, and competitors have caught up dramatically over the years. And hopefully, these phones really separate the pack with better cameras. That would be. I'll be curious. I bet they do talk this up because it's. I, I think they're 20 megapixel, so that should be pretty good. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens here. And so, gonna move on here from these phones. I don't really see much else. That's. I mean, it's just there. They. If you've seen it's. If you've seen one Lumia, that you've seen them all. If you know what I mean, where it's just this bright plastic coloring, these plastic shells, and that's what these phones are. Um, they look like every other. Um, Windows one out there. Yeah, I do fully believe that these, these will support Windows Hello. And if they don't, I will be quite surprised because Windows Hello on the desktop is amazing, or I should say the laptop is amazing. So somebody's asking if I'm going to post these pics. Um, I, I cannot right now. So there's some issues with posting them. I'm happy to talk about them, but I, if you want to fly to Cincinnati, I will happily show you these phones. There's your offer. <laughs> So you can come to Cincinnati and I will show you everything I have. I've got Surface Mini pictures. I've got a whole bunch of stuff that for protecting the people that help me out, um, they asked that I not post these. So I am going to respect that for now. And I will post them as soon as I am allowed or become possible. But, or when I get more images that allow me to kind of hide some of the finer details here. So these are the phones. Um, yeah, and other good stuff. So other things that I've heard this week, I heard again that the Service Pro 4 is coming in October. So I know we're kind of jumping around here, but like I said previously, I think October is going to be a great, great month for Microsoft fans or Microsoft people. Um, I'm still hearing that the Service Pro 4 is targeted for that timeline should be Intel Skylake. I don't know if we're going to see any huge changes to the shell. Personally, I hope we don't either. Um, I really like the Pro 3. I really like the shell. I really think it's a great machine. Um, it really just needs a spec bump. And there's some other things I think they're working on. Obviously, Windows Hello should be in there. We should see some USB 3 coming along for the ride. Um, somebody asked, jumping back here, if we think we'll see a new mobile build this week. I Well, this week, definitely not. I, don't, I would be surprised if Gabe pushes one out right now. I know they're changing branches, I believe is what they said. So I would not expect to see a Windows 10 mobile build this week. Um, next week, I, I don't know. See, the, the mobile stuff is so much harder for me to get a, get a hold of um, the builds than, say, like the desktop stuff, which I was quite good at. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't have any good information. I don't want to pass along bad things and just make stuff up. I think we'll see one soon. Gabe was alluding to that. But I don't have a specific date for that. But anyway, so back to October. Service Pro 4, I think we'll see the band then as well. So uh, the band has just been described as fixes everything that was wrong with the first one is what somebody told me. But I don't really know what that means. Hopefully it just addresses all the ergonomic issues. Um, battery life was all right. So I'm looking at my band right now. It's actually charging. Uh, I, I do run with it quite a bit, but I don't wear it on a daily basis because I can't type 
I, I have to wear it screen side down. And I just can't type with it. So, band, we should see that. We should see the phones. And we talked detailed about the phones. And the other things that came out of Microsoft this week for the enterprise folks out there, Visual Studio Team Foundation 2015 um, is now out there. I believe that was delayed initially. And also the Azure Data Factory, which is, I don't know, a very rustic name, um, is now available for general availability. Also, things that came out this week are, let's see, the new keyboard and mouse combo. Microsoft really needs to work on their naming here because it's just called the Wireless Desktop 900, which isn't, I don't know, it's just kind of generic. And they also came out with the new Bluetooth mouth, Bluetooth tooth mouse, the 3600. Bluetooth wireless mouse 3600. Um, they're just slight upgrades. One thing they do work with better with Windows 10, uh, Microsoft pushed out some new software like the Media and Keyboard Center or whatever they call it that now allows you to remap keys on this stuff. And so uh, most of these things will be available around the October timeframe. So that kind of runs to the end of the show, at least the end of the initial notes. I see there's been a lot of questions. Um, yeah, some people are pointing out Microsoft. <laughs> so Microsoft said they don't like to do stuff on Mondays and Fridays and I don't, there's a reason for that. And one thing you got to keep in mind too about these updates. So I, insider builds are completely different beasts than these, this cumulative update. Microsoft is going to move much, much slower compared to what we'd seen towards the end of the insider period where they were pushing out updates almost daily. And so they move much slower with these things, especially now because there's 25 million people running this stuff. And so expect them to be much more casual with the release dates they're not gonna they're not gonna push something out just to appease people they're gonna push things out um when they make sure they have all hands on deck for all support potential issues so just keep that in mind don't expect to see that type of stuff now the next big question is when is microsoft going to push out another insider build which would be really really interesting um for one to see what it starts to include if they're actually going to start putting more features in this insider stuff or if it's just more stability type things so we know that they'll eventually include what's considered TH2 or Threshold Wave 2, uh, things like extension for Edge and um, all that other good stuff. But I will be curious to see when that actually comes out because that'll be the first release post Windows 10 launch, which means everybody who's an insider will then be running a newer build than what was released to the public, which is how it's designed. So yeah, soon, soon exactly, Gus. GUS 3300, what is it? Uh, 33,000. Yeah, soon in exclamation points. It's Microsoft's favorite thing to say. So I think that's about it that I've got. I mean, that was a lot of good stuff, right? We got Windows 10, 25 million. We got more details than you'll probably ever care to know about talking about. Um, no, I cannot pronounce your name. It's Medi, Medi, Medi H, Medi something. <laughs> yeah, looking at the comments, he said, I bet you cannot pronounce my names. Mehdi, Mihidi, 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 that sounds about right. Um, but anyways, back to the Redmond Report here. Is We are going to wrap things up today. It's August 7, 2015. If you need to reach me, you can find me on Neowin or on Twitter at BDSams. And have a good weekend, everybody. <laughs>